Hello and welcome to another episode of JG Ministries Bible Study. We study God's Word. I'm Jeffrey, minister and chaplain with JG Ministries. Glad that you've joined us today. Be sure to follow this podcast and you'll receive notifications every time there's a new podcast. We are on Anchor and Spotify. We're studying the book of Luke and we're unpacking chapter 8. In fact, we're almost about done with chapter 8. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the 8th chapter of Luke. And we'll pick up with verse 26. Let's get into it. Now, last time, we finished Jesus' explanation of the parable of the sower. We saw Jesus calming the sea and the winds. And Jesus shared with us who is truly his family. And now we're going to see Jesus heal a demon-possessed man. The healing of a demon-possessed man in Gadarene. Now, this narrative provides the strongest expression yet of the power of Jesus against the forces of evil. Now, Luke provides a lively, forceful picture of the destructive effects of demon possession. If a raging sea is a threat, demonic force is much worse. Not only the power of the kingdom, but also the power of the Messiah to release the captives of the kingdom of darkness moves against this demonic force. The very narrative that describes this power of Jesus grips the reader. First, there are several progressive levels of action involving the demonac, the demons. We shall see the swine. We'll see the townspeople. And finally, we'll see this demon-possessed man after his healing. And Luke, by his literary skill, has inserted part of the description of the demonic's past life in between the lines of dialogue to heighten the reader's awareness of the man's helplessness under the demon's control. So let's turn to our scripture reading, and we'll begin with verse 26. Then they sailed the country of Gadarene, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, What's your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go into the abyss. Now I heard of many feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. When those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened. He came to Jesus and found the man. The demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. They also, who had seen it, told them by what means he who had been demon-possessed was healed. The whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear, and he got into a boat and returned. 
Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house, and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. <clears throat> now look at verses 20 and 27 together. They sailed. Connects this episode with the previous one suggesting the accomplishment of the goal that was stated back in verse 22. If the purpose of the trip across the lake was to liberate the demon-possessed man, and keep in mind that no other activity is recorded in the region of the Gardenes, it is possible to understand then that the storm was the attempt of evil forces to pre prevent Jesus' arrival. Now, the miracle in this section took place in Gentile territory, a fact especially important to Luke as validating the Christian mission to Gentiles. When Jesus and his disciples reached shore, they were in the district of the Gadarenes. There they met a certain man possessed with demons. Now, Matthew mentions two demon acts, while Luke speaks of only one, but Keep in mind that Scripture tells us that Jesus healed many who were possessed by demons. This particular victim, to discard his clothes, shunned society, and lived in the tombs. And verse 27 implies that the man was right by the shore when Jesus arrived. Now taking us into verses 28 and 29, when he saw Jesus... He begged Jesus to let him alone. Of course, it was the unclean spirit who spoke through this pitiful man. Demon possession is very real. These demons were not mere influences. They were, and they are, supernatural beings who indwelt this man and controlled his thoughts, his speech, and even his behavior. Now, these particular demons caused the man to be extremely violent, so much so that when he had one of these violent convulsions, he broke the chains that were intended to restrain him and ran off into the wilderness. This is not surprising when we realize that cooped up within this one man were enough demons to destroy about 2,000 pigs. We have a classic description of demon possession here. The symptoms of such possession are like those of certain psychotic illnesses that are known today, but Luke does not confuse illness with demon possession. Certain effects of demon possession cited in this passage are, one, disregard for person the man was naked. We have demons' recognition of Jesus' deity. We have demonic control of the speech. We have the shouting. We have extraordinary strength. The basic tragedy of the demonic lay in his being controlled by the powers that are totally opposite to God and to his kingdom. And we see in verses 31 uh, 30 and 31, the term Most High God. And it's used as a general term 
for deity apart from worship. The words fell at his feet do not indicate worship. The plea, I beg you, don't torture me, along with the dialogue in verses 30 and 31, make it clear that the man's words and actions are not his own. The torture is presumably that of being cast into the abyss. Now, the man's name was Legion because he was possessed by a legion of demons. These demons recognized God, and they knew, too, that their doom was inevitable and that Jesus would bring it to pass. But they sought out a reprieve, begging Jesus that he would not command them to depart at once into the abyss. Now, Jesus is asking the demonic's name should not be interpreted as an attempt to control the demons, though knowing the host's name, unlike a human exorcist, a human exorcist gains control of a demon by knowing the name of the demon. But it's not clear whether Jesus asked the name of the man or of the demons, though the response comes from the demons. Legion implies that there were many demons. So in verses 32 and 33, they sought permission when cast out of the man to enter a herd of many swine nearby on a mountain. And this permission was granted with the result that the pigs ran headlong down this steep place into a lake and they drowned. The episode of the pigs in integral to the present narrative in two ways. Theologically, it completes the cycle that was just described. Psychologically, it is essential for understanding the complex response of the townspeople. The report of what happened to the swine triggered the people's fear, which merged into an overwhelming awe on seeing the former demon-possessed man who is now dressed, he's no longer naked, and he's in his right mind. But what about the ethical aspect of the pig's destruction? Obviously, the good man was more important than of the pigs. More humans themselves insisted on entering the pigs. Jesus permitted them to do this, but did not actively send them there. Inevitably, inevitably the discussion moves from the exegesis to theology and the problem of evil. Why it exists and why God in his wisdom, power, and love permits evil in this world. The Lord is criticized today by some for the destruction of someone else's property, the swine. However, if the swine keepers were Jews, they were engaged in an unclean and illegal business. They weren't allowed to do that, along with shepherding. And whether they were Jews or Gentiles, they should have valued one man more than 2,000 pigs. Once the demons were off the scene, attention now centers on the man and on Jesus. This man now healed is a new man. The former demon possession of him is commissioned by Jesus, not to go with him as a disciple, but to be a witness where he lives. Jesus has different ways for different believers to serve him. And that's what we see. Now, verses 34 to 39, I'm going to look at these to be a big section. 
But the news quickly spread throughout the region. When a crowd gathered, they saw the former man who was possessed by a demon completely restored to his normal sanity and to his decency. The Gadarenes became so upset that they asked Jesus to depart. They asked him to leave. They thought more of their swine than of the Savior. They thought more of their pigs than of their own souls. This is in this way. The world beseeches Jesus to depart, desire our own ease, which is more disturbed by the presence and the power of God than by a legion of evil. He goes away. The man who was healed would desire to be with Jesus, but the Lord sends him back to be a witness of the grace and the power of which he has just been the subject of. And later in the book of Mark, when Jesus visits Decapolis, a sympathetic crowd meets him. Could this have been the result of this faithfulness of this healed man, the man who was possessed by demons? It's food for thought. And let me take a side note here. Now, this story is told in Matthew, and it's told in Mark. Now, keep in mind, at Decapolis, this was not an area that was frequently visited by Jesus. For Jesus had said that his mission was primarily to the lost sheep of Israel, but one occasion he heals a demon-possessed man who, after having been healed, went to Decapolis to tell of all that Jesus had for him. Again, this event is recorded in three of the Gospels. But Mark and Luke seem to mention only the most prominent of the two men who were healed. Now, the demon called himself Legion. And a legion in biblical times was a Roman army unit of about 6,000 men. There were thus many demons in this man, probably most of them in the more violent one. But there were 2,000 swine, probably at least that many demons. They recognized the authority of Jesus immediately. And notice that the demons would rather live in swine than be sent into eternal punishment, into the abyss. But they soon went there anyway. They could control the men, but they couldn't control the swine. They did not drive the swine into the sea, neither the swine nor the demons wanted to go into the sea. The swine got panic-stricken with the demons inside of them and lost control themselves and went over on the hillside. Once on the move, they couldn't stop. And notice, too, that the local population wanted Jesus to get out of their country. He had healed their insane neighbor, if you will, but had in the process destroyed all their swine. They thought more of their property than they did of people. And this tribe, incidentally, is still around today. And Jesus commanded this man to go out and tell people about his healing. The reason was that in the region east of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus was not yet widely known as he was in Galilee. His publicity was already out of hand in, in the Galilean area with a grassroots movement underway to proclaim him as a political king. They weren't seeing him as this Messiah as such as more of they wanted a political king to come in 
and conquer the lands. Now, the next section we're going to get into is going to be the curing of the incurable and raising the dead. Jesus is going to bring back to life a daughter of man. But I'm going to save that story for next time. So until next time, God bless you and keep living Christian strong.